to our next voyage on T-10, the show with 10-minute takes on the future of education in healthcare. I'm your host, Tim Fitzpatrick. On today's voyage, you'll hear from Dr. Leah Houston, the physician founder and CEO of HPEC, better known as HPEC. HPEC is building the future of secure physician and patient interactions, and that starts with ownership and transparency. In a minute, you'll learn what HPEC stands for and how Leah's experiences as an ER doctor motivated her to begin building a decentralized future to empower the physician community. We're ready. Enjoy the voyage with Dr. Leah Houston. All right, we are here with Dr. Leah Houston. Leah, so good to have you on the show. I want to start us off with asking you to tell us why physician ownership and transparency are so important in the work that you're doing at HVAC. Well, as physicians, we're the only ones who took the Hippocratic Oath, the oath to put patients first, Mm. and uh, we take that oath very seriously. So if there's no autonomy and agency for the ones who actually care about the patients first, then how are patients going to be cared for? That's a profound statement. I love love that. And if you could kind of dig a bit deeper into uh, the mission, your mission in particular around community building, I know that's a huge part of your your structure, and it's a theme that we've... uh, heard from our community about wanting us to discuss more on the show. So if you wouldn't mind just kind of digging in there a bit further on your your structure. Yeah. So HPEC stands for the Humanitarian Physicians Empowerment Community. So empowering humanitarian physicians is what we do, and that's the name of our company. Um, And we actually have a mission to develop the tools that will allow physicians to um, own their professional brand, collaborate, communicate, build their own professional referral networks outside of third-party interference, outside of the artificial boundaries that are created by large vertically integrated health systems or insurance companies or any of these other non-physician patient entities that really are influencing, in my opinion, the patient relationship, the doctor-patient relationship a little too much. Hmm. That's fascinating. Could you could you also kind of talk a bit about how you got here? Obviously, you, you are a doctor, you're a physician. Um, what was it that kind of led you to realize there was a need, there was a gap where HPEC could uh, could fill? And then obviously I'd love to hear, you, know, you have a community. You know, how, how are you finding physicians? How are they finding you? Well, so we were recently at the health conference. That's where we got a chance mm-hmm. to meet, which is really great. And um, when I looked around at the conference, I feel like more than 50% of the companies there were patient data companies, data aggregators, data sellers, data analyzers. Um, and, you know, back in 2012, uh, when I first learned about blockchain, crypto and, uh, uh, distributed ledger technology, when I first learned about Bitcoin, um, there was a lot of foresight in the web three community around what happens with our digital, um, communication and the fact that centralized entities are really, uh, watching and surveilling our behavior, whether it be on social media platforms or whether it be through ads and, and understanding who's clicking what, you know, um, us as individuals, as we click and move through this digital uh, metaverse, if you will, they're tracking us, they're watching us, they're monitoring us. And there were a lot of really early projects in the Web3 space, at least the early healthcare projects were really around patients owning their data. And I was like, well, that's, you know, that's interesting. That sounds like a good idea. You know, these people obviously had a lot more foresight than I did as to the fact that this data was already being aggregated. Um, And I looked at all the options and, you know, they all had this grand idea to give patients their data. 
but they didn't really realize how the system works. You know, as a practicing doctor, mm. I create that data. I'm the one that's documenting whether or not you're going to be admitted or discharged. I'm documenting, you know, whether or not uh, you had that surgery and what happened in the operating room, uh, what the radiology report said. I'm the one ordering the medications, ordering the physical therapy um, versus, you know, the surgery. And, you know, these people who were like, patients need to own their data, weren't realizing that in order for patients to truly own their data in a decentralized way, physicians first also need to own their data and need to have a right and an ability and a method and a protocol to issue patients their data. And so, um, you know, I kind of thought about it and then moved along, you know, moved about my business. And then one day a hospital actually stole my identity. They were using my professional Medicare and Medicaid numbers to bill on patients that I had never even seen. Uh, basically committing Medicare or Medicaid fraud under my professional brand, under my name. And it kind of kind of opened Pandora's box and made me realize that decentralized identity um, and identity being a part of this ecosystem is going to be a critically uh, a, a critical portion um, of this new Web3 world in order for these pieces of data elements to be transferred. How do I know I'm sending your health record to you if there's not an identity layer? And how do you know that I'm actually the doctor uh, to trust with your sensitive, sexually transmitted information, um, you know, without an identity layer to it? And so we set out to build HPAC, a decentralized identity solution for doctors that will first allow us to own our information, um, connect with each other, collaborate, and then later connect with patients in this new Web3 ecosystem. It's such an interesting take, right? Because I'm I'm in that group where you described earlier of the the patient side and owning their own data, and that's the way that I've always thought about it, especially in the learning context, the patient education context, where where Icona operates. Um, I, it, so to hear that there's also the the other side of the equation, obviously the point of care has has multiple sides. Um, I'd love to know, kind of in the context of of your professional life as an emergency room ER doc where those conversations are happening in the hospital, it's it's an interesting set of challenges that on either side, you're talking about having identities, but also having communications and then realizing that communities on either side have those interactions. So could you maybe talk us through um, opportunities where I guess pulling at this education thread, and this is a conversation you and I have had in the past and including this week in that health, but where are those interactions happening and what opportunities do you see uh, for physicians who are in that context of, say, the hospital or the ER where they're seeing patients and beginning that relationship that you're describing? Well, as an emergency physician, you know, we see uh, the most vulnerable patients um, during the most horrific moments of their lives. Um, we are the safety net for, um, you know, uh, the public. We are the ones that catch the people who have fallen through the cracks. And so whenever anything in the healthcare system isn't really working, those patients usually come to us and we're the ones that end up have, uh, taking care of them. And there's been so many times when I'm like, wow, there was just a little bit of education available to this population or to this particular individual. They might've saved a 10 hour emergency department visit. They might have you know, saved having to do surgery on this thing that if they had just done, you know, the physical therapy properly, that wouldn't have happened. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I guess like, you know, there's, there's so many people that don't realize how much 
um, they can be helped by just a little bit of tidbits of information here and there. You know, uh, how many young people have I seen with first time sexually transmitted infections? And yeah, you know, we all, you know, we all know about condoms, but, you know, it's not really reinforced um, from that standpoint, you know, um, people with heart disease, smoking, just, you know, taking, you know, if you don't want to take a, a pill or a prescription pill, you know, there's other options out there. Red rice yeast is a natural, you know, remedy. So it's like allowing people to have more access to more information that can help them make better choices could save, you know, 10, you know, hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars in our healthcare system. Well, I absolutely agree. I mean, that's, that's an area that we, we hear often, especially dialysis being a, a big example for us and just the amount of knowledge and it's stressful, it's, it's anxiety inducing. And especially in that environment, you're talking about uh, people who really are there and you're right, the safety net aspect is just so overwhelming. And how can someone learn when they are that stressed, let alone remembering any of the information that they are receiving. So I'd love to hear more about the community, right? How are, uh, how are people finding you if we could kind of touch on that again? And what are you hearing from them that is leading you to think about what the future state looks like and kind of your priorities as you're building HVAC? Is that what is top of mind for you as you're thinking about HVAC these days? Well, when I first started the company, I wasn't really on social media. I almost never was on at all. But then when I realized that I wanted to spread the word about this opportunity uh, amongst the physician community, I realized I had to kind of get on social media. It was really the only way for us to share what we're doing. Um, and so I got into Facebook and I got into all these private physician Facebook groups. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, you know, I'm on Twitter, uh, you know, I'm also on Instagram, but I don't, I'm not on there as much, <clears throat> but you know, we have over 50,000 followers across platforms now. I think maybe it's closer to 60,000 now. And most of them are doctors. You know, we, as physicians, we want to share information. We want to communicate. Um, and when we started the company, things were starting to get bad. And this was 2019 before COVID. And COVID kind of exposed how fractured our healthcare system is. Um, and the physician community is actually um, really morally injured by how we've been treated throughout this pandemic. We were not offered uh, proper pay. We weren't offered proper protection. Um, you know, the vaccines were offered to you know, non-physicians before they were offered to physicians at one point, you know, even though we were the frontline workers. Um, and so it really exposed how um, devalued we are as a profession. Um, and what's happening is doctors are now quitting. They're leaving. You know, we are highly competent, you know, people that can do a lot of other things with our lives. We chose to serve patients, but if we're not able to do our job ethically, we're going to leave. And you know, physicians are planning their exit and it's very clear. And there's great resignation, the big quit. Um, you know, this is not just happening in the Gen Z population where everybody doesn't want to work and it has nothing to do with um, us just wanting more free time. It has to do with respect and it has to do with appreciation for, you know, the highly, um, you know, complex critical thinking that we have to do to serve patients, to take care of them, to prevent death and permanent disability. You know, it's not easy to take care of small children who have been sexually abused or, you know, elderly people who have been neglected or, you know, people suffering from the first time cancer diagnosis or being told that they're going to need a kidney transplant because their dialysis access, you know, they've they've run through their dialysis access. This is what we do all day, all day, every day. We hold space for patients that are going through this and we create the solutions for them and help them. 
um, you know, get, get to be as, you know, their best selves. We are not offered the time to do the prevention, the preventative care that we want to do. And, you know, we're kind of being forced to work like assembly workers and hurry people through. And we're really only being compensated for doing procedures and ordering tests. And even though the fee for service thing is kind of going away, they're going to go towards value-based care. You know, our time isn't, isn't respected. And so I'm seeing a lot of people actually start to verbalize that now for the first time. And you'll see it on social media too. Um, but that's why we need a solution. We need a solution that empowers docs to want to stay in medicine, want to be in medicine and want to continue practicing because patients need us. And so I, this perspective is, um, I, I know it's going to resonate quite a bit with, with people in our community because we often hear about care model innovation as the solution for a lot of these challenges. But what I'm hearing from you, and, and, and I love this take and obviously your mission, but ownership being the solution on that side of the table. Um, just I'm excited thinking about how, how your community, who clearly understands, and you as the the face of that community, clearly you would understand best. Um, just such a bright future. So let's let's kind of wrap up here with with what I want to hear as escape velocity. And when I say escape velocity, I mean the things, the um, either external or, or internal factors that might allow you and HPEC to really achieve your ultimate mission and, and where you're marching towards. What do you think are the things that could unlock this realization either for for those who are trying to help physicians and reduce some of these same burdens or go after some of the similar challenges, what are you excited about? What, what do you think is the, the roadmap for HPEC and for yourself? So Alice Walker, she's the author of The Color Purple. She's a civil rights activist. And she once said, uh, the, most the most common way that people give up their power is by thinking that they don't have any. And so we as physicians have been made to think that we don't have any power. And um, it's simply not true, but we have... Um, uh, kind of been locked in this system, uh, what I like to call the medical industrial complex. So we need to uh, reach out to tools that are going to help empower us. You know, an HPEC is a tool. Um, it's a tool to um, restore privacy and trust to the practice of medicine. It's a lifeline for the practicing physician community. Um, and so what needs to happen is that we need to pick up these tools and not be afraid uh, to consider the possibility that there's, there's a new opportunity for us out there. Amazing. Well, Leah, Dr. Houston, thank you for joining us on Team Medicine. It's so good to seeing you again since the conference. And uh, I'm really excited to continue following HPEC and all the growth and seeing more ownership come to the table. Thanks to you. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you.